You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech, the Future Tech Health Podcast. I have Jake Steiner. He's the founder of End Myopia. The website is endmyopia.org. So Jake, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it too. Yeah. How did you uh, get into the subject of myopia? You know, uh, poor eyesight essentially. And uh, you know, tell me a little bit about your background. Um, that was a complete accident. I actually have no connection to well-being, health, biology stuff at all. Um, I come from a banking background. I do a fair amount of stock trading and other trading, investing in businesses. My parents are both medical doctors. I've always been pretty mainstream. Um, the myopia thing just became one of those things where I ended up with, I had minus five doctors to, to people who are not really into the numbers. That's pretty high, like to the point where you take off your glasses and you really can't see anything. And I just finally got to a point where I'm like, that can't just keep going on. Yeah. So when, when, I mean, you couldn't see, I mean, I'm sure you probably went to the eye doctor and got eyeglasses, right? Or what happened? Yeah, actually. Well, what happened is when I was a teenager, I got glasses and then I went through the same thing that most people go through. Like every year or two, I got stronger glasses and stronger glasses and stronger glasses. By the time I got to minus five, I was in my twenties. Um, I'd sort of temporarily quasi-retired-ish, and I was traveling, and there was just one night when I was looking for taxis, and they have these lit-up signs, and I just couldn't tell if the taxi was taken or not. And it was just at that point, I went back to the eye doctor, and they said, at that time, I was at minus four point something, and they said, you need a minus five. And like I looked at my glasses, and they were so thick, I was like, I cannot. Like I just reached a point where I'm like, there has to be a better answer, and I started doing research. And that led down this particular rabbit hole. Okay, so you researched what, what, uh, how to treat myopia without glasses or what, what did you research? Yeah, and so the thing was, that was kind of before internet times or at least before real internet times. So there was no, you couldn't go online and do research. So I literally ended up in university libraries reading vision biology books. And kind of, it was selfishly motivated because minus five, like my glasses were super thick. I was a single guy, right? Like your eyes get smaller and smaller looking behind glasses. So I had these tiny little beady eyes behind glasses. So I was really just (laughs) selfishly motivated. 
It looked terrible. It was terrible. And then I, I, I don't like surgeries. I didn't want to do LASIK. My eyes were too dry for contact lenses. So I was really just in a jam. And my, because of my business background, I do analytical research all the time. Like that's, I don't like my, for me to make money, I have to see through whatever bullshit people say and figure out what's, what are the facts and what is fiction. And so it didn't take long for reading into vision biology books to figure out that myopia actually starts out as a thing called pseudomyopia. And now for your listeners, there's Google Scholar, which they hopefully know about, scholar.google.com for proper clinical research, online searches. So this is super easy to validate now. Pseudomyopia is a focusing muscle spasm of your eye. So it's not an illness. And that was the first moment when I was like, because up until then I was just frustrated But when I started reading that pseudomyopia thing, I was like, this is not a medical condition, right? Like there's a muscle in your eye that focuses and the closer you look at something, the the more tense that muscle is. And if you keep that muscle tense for hours and hours and hours by looking at screens, for example, when you start to look in a distance, that muscle doesn't relax completely. And because it doesn't relax completely, it doesn't let go of the lens completely. And so the lens doesn't shape completely for distance vision. So some of your distance vision is blurry. So that's that okay. is really where it kicked off. I was like, it's not a, it's not what they told me, right? Like from my background in figuring out bullshit versus facts, like that's when the alarms went off because you go to the optometrist, they say basically it's a medical condition, it's genetic, your eyes are defective. And now I'm reading these biology books and I'm like, this the the causality is not a defect. Yeah. And I mean, this went on. I've I've been in this for well over a decade now, and that's kind of where it started. And it was hard because I wasn't Google Scholar. And then I kept researching and I found lens-induced myopia, which if you type that into Google Scholar, you get about 50,000 search results. Um, so very well-researched, ton of clinical evidence that the glasses you wear actually cause your myopia to increase. So your, your nearsightedness gets worse. Not what like there's it? no question about it. Yeah, this is, there's no question about this Google Scholar because most people, when they first hear about this, they're like, this is another internet unicorn farming conspiracy theory. So I think Google Scholar is super important just to do a quick search. When you look for lens-induced myopia, it's the, the glasses you wear to correct nearsightedness cause more of the symptom. Well, why? Because um, your body doesn't have to make the effort to, uh, you know, the... the... The muscles in your eye don't have to be utilized until they waste away and get weaker. Is that why? Uh, close. Actually, there's. it's even more crazy than that. The eye, so the retina, the thing where the light focuses is in the back of your eyeball. And the lens that does the focusing work is in the front of your eyeball. And so the idea is that that lens keeps adjusting with the focusing muscle. And the closer you look at something, the tighter the muscle gets. And it's always working on focusing the light correctly on your retina in the back of your eye right like so it's a ball lens in the front the receiving end is in the back and the length of the eyeball continually adjusts throughout your life there's a built-in mechanism that controls the length of your eyeball based on what you see in your environment so your eye is always checking going is my focal length correct and when you put a minus lens in front of it you move that focal plane further back in your eye And that mechanism in your eye goes, I'm too short. And then the eye elongates and a longer eye is higher myopia. So by wearing glasses for years, my eye is getting the distance from my 
retina to the front of my eye is increasing? The, the, the focal point is increasing. So the light focuses further back in your eye when you put on minus lenses. Basically, what minus lenses do is they move the focal plane further back. And that compensates for that muscle spasm. Muscle spasm has you locked in close up. So the focal plane's not where it should be all the way back. And then you put on a minus lens and the minus lens compensates moving the focal plane back a little further. Now you can see clearly at a distance, right? But in your eyeball, the, the, the focal plane is now wrong. And mainly where that comes from, here's another Google Scholar term. It's called hyperopic defocus because your glasses move the focal plane back in your eye. The light actually focuses a little bit behind your retina. And that's called hyperopic defocus. That's the thing that makes the eyeball get longer to compensate. So there's actually no, there is no, yeah, it's, it's weird. There is no, there's no defect. There is no atrophy. There is no genetic problem. It's your eyes are perfectly healthy and they just respond to the stimulus. Makes sense. So yeah, that's how we get. Just, just for ordinary parlance, um, people that are, what is it? If you're nearsighted, it means you have problems seeing far or is it vice versa? Right. Maybe I should have started that way. Yeah, nearsightedness is when you can't see clearly far away, and the clinical term is myopia. Okay. So nearsighted means you have the sight. You have near sight, but you don't have far sight. Far sightedness right. means you have sight of a far, but you don't have the near sight. Okay. Right. Exactly. So how do you? We'll get into this more. But how do you contrast this? Like when people get older, you know, legend has it that you know they they can't focus like they used to, so they, um, I guess they. You know, they need reading glasses, but that's to see near. So they become, I mean, do they begin, Do they gain farsightedness or just the eye itself? They lose both near and far. Sight. So what happens there, yeah, that's a different issue. That's the, the lens in your eye that keeps moving for focus. It gets harder with age. So as the lens hardens, the, the muscle can't really pull the lens as much anymore. So you can't see as clearly up close. It's called presbyopia. But that's that's age related. There's that's just okay. yeah that happens. Okay. Um, all right. So you have myopia. A lot of people do. Uh, you get glasses, and then like you said, the uh, the light's focusing on the wrong part of the eye. It's causing it to elongate. Um, you know what happens then typically with a person that just wears eyeglasses? They just need stronger and stronger eyeglasses over time. Yeah, and there's the the mechanism for how much that continues happening is somewhat genetic. So some people will get glasses and then the eyes just stay where they are. And other people will get stronger and stronger and stronger glasses because the eye continues getting longer with each pair of higher adopted glasses. So the stronger your glasses get, the more that stimulus continues, the more your eye continues elongating. Um, it's different for different individuals and different populations. Basically, if you're genetically lucky, your eyes don't respond very well to that stimulus and they don't get longer and you don't need higher adopter glasses. And for other people, it just goes on till they're in real rough shape. Okay. Um, I like that. So what, what, You're like, oh, curious. This is interesting. You know? and, yeah. So what, what have you found? Uh, what can you do about all this? Can you do like eye exercises instead of wearing glasses or in conjunction with glasses? Like, what do you do? Yeah, so that's the tricky part. So I figured out, like in my whole journey of this thing, I figured out that me putting on glasses was the wrong idea. Like the reason I had this minus five to up to high myopia, like I'd take my glasses off. I couldn't find them if I didn't know where I put them. And so I figured out that 
that I was going the wrong way by listening to the optometrist, but then reversing it, that took a whole lot longer to figure out because basically what happens is the first problem you have is that, that, that muscle spasm continues, right? Cause we're looking at screens all day. Like we're living in front of screens. We're working in front of screens. Like everything is front of screens. So your, your focusing muscle is like locked up. And then when you look at a distance, the distance is a little bit blurry because of our bad habits, right? So that's the first problem. The easy answer that nobody wants to hear for that is less screen time. Unfortunately, like that's, that's, that's a big part of it. And then the second part that's super interesting is that eyeball elongating. For those who want to look that up on Google Scholar, it's called axial elongation or axial change. So that, that the eye grows longer from that, from that stimulus, but that eye, the eyeball also shortens. And this is where like optometry people get real upset with me when I say that, but it's been clinically shown that your eyeball doesn't just get longer. It just, it adjusts. Like it's not growing longer. It's just adjusting. So if you reverse the stimulus, if you do the opposite, then the eyeball gets shorter and shorter eyeball is less myopia. So you can actually reverse this just by using the same stimulus in the opposite direction, which basically means wearing, still wearing glasses, but less strong. Like you want to wear glasses where you can still see clearly, but a little bit of blur that you have to challenge yourself to see. I'm kind of, I'm really giving you the super short version, but that basically reduces your myopia about one diopter a year. So me, t- it, like technically for somebody like me, it would take five years to not need glasses. In the meantime, you have to, you have to suffer with slightly blurry vision or can you do this just for like a certain part um, of the day nope. and still wear good glasses that you like? Yeah, no suffering. I'm I'm totally against suffering. I'm 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 lazy, and I like to find the easiest way to do anything possible. So it, the the point is just so there's two pairs of glasses. If you dig into it a little deeper, one for close up. So when you sit in front of your screen, you do not want to use glasses made for distance. That's where most of that hyperopic defocus comes from. That's where most of the bad stimulus comes from. It's what makes your eyes, the muscle, even more tense. So first thing you want to get rid of distance glasses for close up and reduce that. So you want to have like a diopter and a half less for close up. Basically, close up glasses you can only see your screen clearly, but not any further than that. So that's that cuts out a lot of the strain part. And then your distance glasses you just want to reduce them like a little bit. Like if you go to the optometrist, they will give you the strongest possible glasses. You can see like every line on that eye chart. Like I joke, you can see ants on the moon. You would just want to dial that back to where you have like normal human vision, right? Like when you see a license plate at a distance, maybe you've got to you've got to challenge yourself to read that license plate. Like you're not suffering, right? Like you're not doing eye exercises. You're not like struggling. It's just instead of always perfect everything. Sometimes when you see like you're standing in Starbucks and it's kind of dark and the menu's up there and you're trying to see what that last thing says. You got to like blink at it a little bit and clear it up. Just that, like, you know, just so your life goes from like completely babysitting your eyes to a little bit of challenge, a little bit, because it's a very slow process, right? So you don't really want to push it. Well, are there any ways you could do it? You know, people don't want to give up the vision that they enjoy. I mean, can they do eye exercises? They look up, look down, look left or right. I mean, does that work? No, no. Not really, because eye exercises are like, it's a thing that you then, another thing you've got to do and remember and deal with every day. It's not like, some people do it, but it's not practical, 
right? Like if you asked me to do eye exercises every day for the rest of my life, I'd be like, man, that's just not happening. So it's instead of the exercise, it's just like the challenge that some stuff isn't perfectly clear, right? And you got to learn how to like clear it up because if something is a little bit blurry, you can clear it up, but it takes a little bit of effort and you got to figure out how to do that. But once you know how to do that, something's a little blurry, you can clear it up. And if that just becomes like a habit in your life, like you can see your friends, you can drive, like everything's fine. But, you know, like that street sign at the end of the street that you can just kind of read if you're trying, that's the level you want to be at, you know, where you're comfortable, but you're, there is parts of your vision where you got to challenge yourself. And then instead of an exercise, that's just a habit. Because like every time you go to whatever your favorite coffee shop and you read the menu up there, you're like, oh, well, this is the last thing to say. That's that bit of ongoing challenge. Like you want to kind of build that into your life. So your vision just improves without you having to do a special thing. What does challenge mean? Does that mean squinting to see stuff? Like how do you, how do you see stuff you can't see? What do you do? (laughs) Yeah, that is the question. Um, Squinting, not super effective. The the thing is we call it active focus because there was no term for it. But when you blink at something that is blurry the first time is super hard to describe because it's like trying to tell somebody how to wiggle their ear, right? Like if you know how to do it, you know how to do it. But it's hard to like describe the connection of what muscle you'd have to move to wiggle your ear. It's like that with active focus. Like some people just know how to do it instinctively. And for others, it's like you look at this blurry text and then you close your eyes for a moment and you look at it again and it should get a little bit clearer. Like your eyes are like a camera that trying to focus on that text. If you've never done it and if you've always been behind strong glasses, it doesn't come immediately naturally because you just haven't used that function. But when you really need it and you try, not hard, but just consistently, like I take off my glasses, how far can I see that text? And then I just stare at it and blink at it and bam, it just clears up a little bit. Once you figure that out, that is the stimulus. But that's, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's literally the only difficult part to figure out of this whole process is getting that that experience of ha this thing is a little blurry but i can clear it up just i blink at it and my eyes do like a camera move they just like refocus well i mean okay so have you found people are more willing to do this than do eye exercises um well a lot of people that wind up on enmiopia come from having tried eye exercises and the problem is just it's an ongoing stimulus. So if you're wearing the wrong glasses and if you're in front of a screen too long, you can do as many eyes exercises as you want. You're still going to have the same issue because the, the causality is not addressed, right? Like you got to address the cause of the myopia. So your, your mu- focusing muscle is locked up, right? And you're getting hyperopic to focus from the glasses that are too strong. So the exercises aren't really effective till you address those key problems. And then again, with exercises, it's like, how much time do you spend? How much time do you have to spend on something like that versus just going, I'm going to dial down my glasses a little bit. I can still see everything, but I got to challenge myself sometimes. And that leads to that about adopt a year, which is a small amount, you know, like every three or four months, you got to basically you end up reducing your glasses. Mm. So you kind of, yeah, it has to be an autopilot sort of thing because most people won't have the attention span to do some kind of exercise that consistently that long. I mean, isn't it exercising your eye to do this? Isn't it just like a different form of exercise or is it fundamentally different for some reason? Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're right. It's a a terminology thing, I guess, because 
usually when you look up eye exercises online, it's like look up, look down, close yeah, your yeah, eyes, yeah, open yeah. your eyes, all this stuff. Like that kind of stuff is what I'm referring to. Like things that are not naturally part of how you look at the world mm-hmm. around you. Like when you sit in your car and you're five cars behind the light and you're trying to read what's what the name of the street is over the stoplight, right? And you're like, like that thing is just a little blurry and you're staring at it and then you've noticed your eyes are doing this autofocus thing where it clears up a bit. That's what you want. And that's really, and it, you're right. I mean, you could call that an exercise. You just kind of build that into a habit where your glass is always strong enough to see fine, but not so strong that you can't find something that's a little blurry. Well, what happens with people that come to you like that have done eye exercises? Do they just like give up? They get lazy, or what happens to them? It doesn't work for them, or what do they? Yeah, and that's that's the super frustrating thing because right now there is there's the the mainstream camp that says myopia is some kind of genetic defect, right? Which is what most people believe, and then people that don't like that idea, they say, well, there's got to be something else. And then when you search online, the single most popular thing is eye exercises. Like that's what you find. And then people try that. They maybe get some initial improvement, right? Because they're reducing the eye strain. They're kind of on the right track, but it's not maintainable. And you're not getting back to zero with eye exercises. And then most people say, well, I guess the mainstream was right. And then they give up. So I rail against eye exercises a fair bit because they put you in this, they put you on the wrong road. And then you think you prove to yourself that nothing can be done. You know, and it's all based on this guy, William Bates from from 100 years ago. And this guy was an optometrist who had this right idea. He said, close up is causing myopia. The man was totally on the right track. Like back then, there was not a lot of known biology about this. And the, the establishment hated him. They kicked him out. But somehow, like he has this legacy where Bates method is basically the thing you find online for eye exercises, because that was the last guy in the profession who said, who was on the right track, right? But then he got kicked out, basically. His peers did not love his approach. And now that kind of still exists. But the problem is that comes from a time where people didn't have screens, right? And people didn't spend nearly as much time. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you know how people have um, you know, the reading glasses. Why don't you make something called like screen glasses? Where that's you know, these special glasses that are made for looking at a screen, you know, whether it's a phone or whatever. Like, why not make a product like that that is better suited to, to people that want to look stare at screens? Yeah, the, the, the thing is, so the, 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 main, the lens manufacturers, a $100 billion a year industry, right? I mean, they're, they're huge. And that's just lens manufacturing. All the other stuff around myopia and eyesight, I'm just, I, I own a fair amount of stock in that arena, and I love it because it just keeps going up. Lots of money in it, and they're always looking for more products to sell. So that they do have like contact lenses that slow myopia progression by by reducing that hyperopic defocus in a complicated, unnecessary, complicated way. The problem with them is they need something. They like products that you can patent, that they can own, that they can market, that they have a good markup on, right? So that's number one. So there are products. There's a bunch of different things out there that supposed to slow myopia progression but the key is always for them to sell it it has to be something that you can own that it's your product right that has a good markup um the computer glasses thing would also work and it might happen i'm not saying that it won't happen part of it is it's a volume business like if you're an optometrist you have something called chair time so you only want that guy in that chair for a short period of time identify 
what kind of glasses he needs, sell him glasses. The money's all in selling the glasses, right? Like, so you don't want to spend a lot of time. You don't want to confuse people. And then there's also the liability factor of you don't want some guy to wear his computer glasses by accident while he's driving down the road. And then gets an accident and he sues you because he was wearing the wrong glasses and didn't know. I'm making up some assumptions here, but when you're talking to mainstream people, they're always like, okay, this is already too complicated, right? People come in here, they want to see clearly, we give them glasses, they get out, we're good. So it's kind of a that that alternative scene of what can we do about this is still really small. Why couldn't someone sue you anyway and say, oh, he told me to to wear glasses that where I couldn't see everything, you know? So I crashed into a pole and killed somebody, you know, I crashed into somebody and killed them. That's right. He, he Dude, told me that I, I didn't need perfect glasses. He ruined my life. You know? Exactly. And nobody says that. Like, like nobody, like I say that, but I'm not an optometrist. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not giving prescription advice. I'm telling people, you do what you want to do. Big standard disclaimer. There, there are optometrists that will help you with this stuff. And nobody will say it out loud. Like there's, there's, I have optometrist friends who got really excited about this at some point. And they would tell people, hey, you can reduce your myopia, you can reverse your myopia. And pretty much universally, the optometry board will step in and say, if you talk about this again, you're no longer selling glasses. Like there is no official wear low adopters. Even though like in the US, for example, to get a driving license, you need 2040 eyesight. So you don't need 2015. Like you don't need this perfect thing that they try to give you in the office. Like technically you could say, Hey, only give me glasses to 2030. Right. Cause that's legally, that's all you need, but they're still not going to do it because they're taught in school, the strongest glasses you sit in a chair and they just keep saying, is this better? Is this better? This better, this better. And the whole time they're ratcheting it up until you no longer notice a difference. And so they give you the highest number possible happy customer with super clear vision, no liability issues. And it's, it's done for them. Huh. So what, but that's what most that's kind of like you know this because you're dealing with so many rabbit hole topics right like the, the simple solution is what people are doing right like glasses fix the problem even though it's just a symptom fix fixes the problem customers happy everybody's making money end of story you know right. so <laughs> we got lots of other problems so. and, and you made a business out of this so like what what have you done to i mean you got to do something to live and make money so uh, is it is it just like a charity service in myopia or what what is the what is the website about like what do you do for people no it's not a charity service i make my money trading mostly and investing in a lot of businesses like this is not a profitable thing to do um mm-hmm. i do have paid programs that i run to some degree to some somewhat limited degree mainly it's my passion project i spend two three hours a day on this uh, I put out everything that you need for free. There's a pretty large community. We have a big Facebook group. We have a big forum. There's a fair amount of conversation going on there. Everything that I find works, I put in the blog absolutely free. I do the paid program stuff when I do personal support and when we're tweaking the program. But I think for a for a make a living project, this wouldn't be super well suited. So like my main thing is like investing in businesses, trading. And then when I get a few hours, I do this mainly just because it really frustrates me that we're living in this time where you can't find a better answer. Well, do you find that people value it because it's free or do you find that they, they don't listen? Like, do, you know, do you have like, you know, what's your compliance level? Do you guess you know, how many people listen to you? I think 
most people don't care. I think that's that's kind of the first thing. Like we all have such busy lives. We got so much stuff going on that unless you need your eyesight for something specifically, most people don't care. My friends don't care, right? Like it's just, I don't even talk about it normally in my circle of friends at all because I've learned people just don't want to know, right? Like if you're, unless your vision is a priority for you because you're a pilot or a surgeon or an athlete or you're into like sports where where lenses don't work well, most people are already like, I'm out. Like glasses are fine, I'm out. People that are into sports, people that need the eyesight, they care and they're really effectively improving the eyesight. Like the the improvement rate is super consistent, about one diopter a year. And this is over many thousands of people. Doesn't matter age or gender or population, the improvement rate is consistent. If people care, it's that. And, And to an increasing degree, it's parents. Like parents are really... Like when, when you're a five-year-old, it gets sent to the optometrist and the optometrist says your five-year-old has bad eyesight, P- parents freak out. And, and that's yeah. where the other, the compliance rate is extremely high and people are super happy that they realize that the, the children's eyes aren't broken. What about if you have a, you know, an astigmatism or other things wrong with your eye? What do you do then? If you have medical issues, then I don't know. Like there are, like, I'm not saying... I'm only saying this is when, when you have got eye strain from too much screen time, pseudomyopia, and then you get lens-induced myopia from wearing glasses. That's the only thing I know about, right? Like legitimately, yeah. I go see an ophthalmologist once a year. Most, like if there's a health issue, I'm the last guy to go. There's some unicorn farming trick to fix your eyes. Like for sure, not saying that at all. So if there's an astigmatism, for example, that is like a the you can do a corneal surface scan, like the cornea in the front of your eye is responsible for like 70% of the refraction. So if there's something not straight about the cornea, that can, that can be scanned and measured, right? So they're saying, okay, you have an astigmatism because your cornea isn't straight. That's not my arena, right? Like, Because I'm talking about right. the simple thing of we're spending too much time staring at screens and we're fixing it with a quick symptom fix instead of addressing our screen addiction, basically. But for those kinds of things, man, for sure... Like intra- high intraocular pressure, macular degeneration. There's a huge list of actual health conditions where I'm like, definitely go to an ophthalmologist. Definitely don't be on the internet going, I'm going to try hyperdosing some mystical medicines. But since you know about, since you know stuff about eyes that a lot of people don't know, why don't you sit there and think through? Hmm, maybe this could be applied to people that have, uh, you know, macular degeneration or other problems with their eyes. Like maybe there's more you can do besides just myopia. (laughs) Man, you're, you're awesome. That happens a lot. And it frustrates me a lot because I'm like, I got two, three hours a day and just the myopia topic is such a big subject. Like I don't have the mental bandwidth to deal with other stuff. People ask me all the time. What about this? What about that? You already researched this. Why not research that? I, I can't, I can't like, I literally, I'm doing this. And on a separate screen, I'm looking at charts and I'm like, Shit, I need to be on the second screen looking at this chart, not answering forum questions. And it's all the time I've got. And I, there's so many times that I almost quit with this because I'm like, it's, I've got a family, I have a kid, I've got a life, I've yeah. got actual work to do. You know, I'm like, I don't have the, because my thought was, I'm just going to put this up and it's done, right? Like, I used to be naive. I'm like, there will be the website and that'll be the end of it. But then like people email me all the time, like crazy crap optometrists tell them and parents with their kids. Yeah. So I keep doing this, but I'm like, that's all I got, 
right? Like if somebody wants to get an immaculate degeneration, Google Scholar, research it. I just don't have, I don't have the hours in the day, you know? Maybe you have a myopic vision of what it could be. You know, the community. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. People, Sorry, people never I, come to you and they go, why don't you do more, Richard? Do more. Oh, they do. No, yes, they do. Uh, yeah, yeah. ideas. I mean, like, you know, maybe if the trading gets good enough, you could afford to have someone, uh, you know, like do more in the business and research and all that. Maybe you can fund more eye related uh, help, you know, through your trading. Just an idea. You know. Well, and Let's see, that, for example, yeah, for example, like podcasts, I'm just I don't even like I'm a huge introvert. I do not like talking to people. I never answer my phone in my life. And huh. it took years. It took years for people to push me to podcasts. Everybody's like, man, podcasts, like just have an hour conversation. You reach lots of people. You have interesting chats. I'm always like, you know what? Somebody else do them. <laughs> I don't, I don't want yeah. to. So even us talking took me years of just people bugging me. And finally, uh-huh. like we hired somebody because I can't do outreach. Like I can't be sending out emails. So even you and I talking is me already like, you know, I'm already out there. And part of me is also not super thrilled about the idea that I'm that guy. You know, if you think about it, this is a hundred billion dollar industry and there isn't like a consensus that there's an alternative. Like when you search far enough, you end up with Enmiopia. Like it's by far the biggest site, by far the biggest community. Like it is the place you find this information. And I don't like the fact that yeah. uh, my fate and my name is like the bullseye. You know what I mean? Well, what, what what keeps you going with this? Like, what's uh, is it? You get feedback from people that you've helped to see better, and that's what makes you feel happy. Like, why do you do this? Thing? Two things: love and hate. Like, I get I get hate from optometrists less and less, but I still do, and they're usually yeah. like super arrogant and insulting statements. And the anger at like the rudeness, like that keeps me going for a month or two. Like, somebody sends me an, a message going, "You don't even have a degree," and what are you doing talking to people? I'm already like, hey, man, you just you just gave me the energy for the next 20 posts. So that's one thing. Like, it doesn't sound great. Like, it doesn't sound like I care about humanity. I want to save the world. Unfortunately, that's the truth. Like, optometrist pissing me off is like half of my fuel. And then the other half is parents. Like, when parents, because I have a kid. So when parents message me and they're super freaked out or they're super happy that their kid's eyes are improved, I'm like... Yeah. I'm in that boat. Like I'm a parent. And then I'm like, okay, I guess I can put another couple hours in tomorrow to do this stuff or to do a podcast or to do a thing. But my hope is kind of that it will spread to a point where other people are into this and that it becomes more of like, we talk about like heart disease or some other topic where it isn't so singularly one dude. Have you, um, Emma, have you made any challenges where you take someone and uh, you coach them and you know, your goal is to get them to improve their vision like super fast and super dramatically. Have you ever thought of doing something like that? Um, some people do improve super dramatically on the website. I kind of try to catalog people's improvement reports. There's so many, I can't do all of them, but I, I pretty regularly post improvement reports. Some of them improve super fast, but my concern is I want to give realistic expectations. Like right. if you build slightly better habits and in a year you're, in a year you make four reductions that's pretty good like you're kind of headed you, you make it part of your life in general it's part of your habits you know you care about your eyes you're getting there that's my favorite sort of like a long-term viable thing like because for me too like it's kind of a red flag if i read some internet thing it already sounds crazy and then like the promises are 
also outlandish. It's like, come on. Right. You know what I mean? I'm skeptical. Yeah, how good is your eyesight? Are you back to like 2020 vision or like? I am back to 2020 vision, sometimes better. Um, sometimes it's like closer to 2030 if I have, if I've got weeks of work and I'm just sitting in front of a screen and I'm not getting enough outside time. But in general, 2020 are a little bit better. Do you think you can improve, I don't know, beyond 2020? Is there something yeah, that, sure. that could happen? Or, really? Yeah, the, some people do that. And it's called, um, you, you're, you're going slightly towards hyperopia. So you're becoming a little bit farsighted. So that's, it's like the opposite of myopia where you can't see as clearly super close, but you get crazy distance vision. Like that's, that's something I don't get into because that gets into like biohacking on a level. I'm like, man, you're on your own there, but people do it. And I've had armed forces people in particular that developed insane distance vision, just going a little bit hyperopic, hmm. but you sacrifice some close up. Like you're, you're not threading needles at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you, I mean, have you found anyone, have you, I don't know, have you met anyone that, have you met any outliers in the eye world? Like you just said, you know, some people in the Air Force, they've trained their vision so that they can see better far than, than most people can. Have you met any Didn't... other outliers of strange people that have done weird things with their eyes? Yeah, for vision? sure. There's, especially because I spent a lot of time in Asia, there is, and this sounds silly, but like there, I've met especially herders, like goat herders that can see stuff that I can't see with binoculars. I mean, that they're just, just just insanely far away where they're like, do you see that that bird sitting on that tree over there? And it's like, literally, I'll look through binoculars and I'm like, I can make out the tree. I can't see the bird. And we get closer Ooh. and sure enough, there's a freaking bird in the tree. But these are these are like guys that, that don't even have never been on the internet. You know what I mean? Like a 50-year-old goat right. herder that's been herding goats his whole life and that has been probably staring at his goats in the distance his whole life. Like, And that's not super uncommon. I bet like if you made a point of trying to find people with insane distance vision, if you go to places where people herd goats, you're going to find some of those guys. But if I stare at screens a lot, wouldn't my ability to read and see things close up get better because I'm training that part of my eye? Well, that, that's already really good. Like most people, unless you're older and you're, you're, that lens is hardening, most people can see perfectly clearly up close until you wear glasses, right? But glasses are, are, are elongating your eye. And that's, if your glasses go beyond like about one, one and a half diopters, you also start compromising the distance to an extent that you can't even see your screen. But that's not close-up vision. That's just an extreme reduction in your distance vision. What if anyone's turned their eye into like a macroscopic lens where they can see things closer than anyone else can see them? But you know, I mean, cameras can do that. But. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so because we can't. We don't really have the ability to magnify stuff, right? We can just see a small thing without it getting blurry, but it'll still get really yeah. small. Like a microscope will actually magnify the thing, which is not an ability that we have. So what? Uh, all right. So you know, we're almost done. What's the best way for people to find out? And get in touch and get help is go to nmyopia.org, right? Yeah, that's the best way, nmyopia.org. I've got a little email series because sometimes people complain that there's just too much information on there that breaks down the basic steps of where you start and where you go from there. Uh, and then once I get to that point, I always say, you know, think of it as a longer-term project. Like, do I care about my eyes? Do I want to improve my eyesight? Do I not want to depend on lenses forever? And then there's so much on the site as far as the background science and actual step, 
that you can take towards improving. And then we've got a really pretty supportive community, a pretty big Facebook group and a pretty big forum where all people talk about all day is how to improve their eyesight. Okay. And then send me messages to let me know how you're doing. That's my main, uh, if I, I log in in the morning and check my email, if I don't have a pile of messages that are, people are excited, then I'm bummed out. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, and then any goals you have, you know, over the next year, two, three, four, five years, like what do you want this to turn into? Where you just, you know, you're happy with it as it is, or is there any, you know, again, all these eye jokes, but you know, what's your long-term vision for the site? <laughs> yeah, that's nice. What I'd love to do, <laughs> uh, funny guy, I would like to fade into the background a little bit of a larger conversation. Like I, I, I'd love for this to go the way like diabetes and heart disease. And like, I mean, those are medical conditions, but the conversation going beyond just symptom treatment, you know what I mean? Like when you go online that you actually find people having serious conversations about the the scientific reality and the studies and the clinical information that's out there where it isn't just me, right? Because I'm one weirdo on the internet and I feel like a weirdo in kind of a void. And and then when people talk to me, sometimes they also say, you know, the first thing that kind of gave me a red flag is like, why is there only this one guy? So long-term, I'd love for this to just be something people know, right? Maybe they don't care. Just like you go to McDonald's, even though you know it's not good for you, you wear glasses, even though you know it's not good for you. But you know, that would be, I'd be happy with that. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I I appreciate you coming out of your, uh, you know, your solitude and and doing the podcast (laughs) and uh, really useful information. So, you know, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me on, Richard. I really appreciate it. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials, or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription, or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.